Good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. There's a lot of mumbling going on. Sorry. It's it's beautiful. I got lost in the music, the piano play. Um, I got a couple announcements for us once everybody kind of settles down a second. Today is November 21st, 2021. Can you believe that? I can't even believe that. Um, yeah, nobody heard that, Danny. <laughs> nobody heard that. Yeah, today's the 21st. Isn't that the 21st? Yeah. Which is uh, around my house the day after POD Day. Um, because my family and I went on the concert thing November 20th, three years ago. Yeah? Hey, how you doing, man? Good morning. I, I love you guys talking. You know, I, I hate to break up the fellowship because uh, it's much needed, and I love it. It actually warms my heart. It's really, really good to see everybody. It's Thanksgiving week, and so let's pause and be a little grateful, right, Shane? I think that's a good idea. Um, it's also today is Christ the King Sunday, so we celebrate Christ the King. And in lieu of that, like kind of tied up with that, we're making pledges, uh, making our pledges so that the finance committee can know what to budget for and to see what they can work with, you know, what we can. It's really important for planning. So but if you didn't bring your pledge card, we're really low on them. But I know that you can you can take this if you're not going to take any sermon notes. Write your name and your family name and write any, like a pledge, a weekly, monthly, or annually, and then fold it up. And during the offering, when I call for the pledges to come forward, put that in an envelope. Or you just fold it in half and put it up there. Nobody's going to look. Is everybody clear with that? Yeah, that's pretty clear. Clear as mud. That's what, sharp as a marble. That's what my dad always said. Um... And then right after this, this uh, worship service, we're going to have a brief congregational meeting. And when I say brief, like real brief, because there's, there's people that need to get to football games. There's people that need to get to all kinds of stuff. But we're going to nominate and um, elect our elders and deacons for the year of 2022. I feel like we kind of settled down. This is kind of nice. Um, I think that's it on the announcements. Has anybody else got anything? Next week is Hanging of the Greens, and Advent begins, which is incredible. Um, and then we make our way towards celebrating the coming of our King, um, which is, yeah, Christ's King Sunday. It all goes back to my first announcement. All right, let's stand up, and I will lead us in our call to worship, which comes from Psalm 93. Before I read this, I just want to remind everybody. That's a loud motorcycle. I'm grateful for each of you. And as we move towards Advent and more immediately move into this Thanksgiving week, I want us to be in a praise habit, even as we begin this worship service. I want us to sing louder than we've sung in a little bit. I want to let, uh, give you permission to let joy 
And actually, I'm going to pray. And instead of a call to worship, I'm going to pray. That's what I'm going to do. God, slow us down. Create space right here, right now, for you to enter in or re-enter into our lives. Use us as your mouthpieces of praise. Use us as your servants for the least and the lost. Hear us as we lift your name in praise and worship you. Teach us something about how much you love us today or about something we're supposed to be doing. And all God's people said, let's worship the Lord.
Wow, good morning. It's so good to see all your faces, especially Quinn and Nathaniel over here. It's so good to see you guys. So with Thanksgiving this Thursday, that can only mean one thing. Christmas is coming soon. It's easy to tell. We see the signs all around us. What signs have you seen? Go ahead, Carter. There's a Christmas tree in the narthex. I know Jackson was asking, why are all the Christmas decorations hanging out over here? See, the sights are everywhere. We can even see Christmas decorations on houses. We hear Christmas songs on the radio already, believe it or not. We see commercials on TV and more. I mean, have you guys been in the store lately? Like, Thanksgiving's just gone. If we didn't have all of these things to remind us, how could we tell that Christmas is coming? Yes, Carter. There you go. Yeah, right. Okay, we have Thanksgiving, so let the countdown begin. The weather gets colder, at least in some areas. <laughs> 2,000 years ago, there was no TV or radio announcing that a child would be born and that he would be the savior of the world. When Jesus was born, very few people even knew about it, but it was an event that God had promised, and it was foretold by the prophets many years before. Many people had been looking forward to the coming of the Savior, but they didn't know exactly when he was coming. We're entering the season of Advent, and Advent means the coming of something very important. It is a period of time when we look forward to the celebration of Jesus' birth at Christmas, and we also look forward to Jesus' return. Jesus promised to come again, and we look forward to it, just as people 2,000 years ago looked forward to the Savior being born. No one knows exactly when Jesus will come back. It isn't marked on the calendar, but we're watching and waiting expectantly. As we prepare to celebrate his birthday, the birthday of our Savior, let us also be sure we prepare for his exciting return. Pray with me. Dear God, we thank you for this special time of year and its important meaning to us. We praise you for keeping your promise to send a Savior who will come back again. In Jesus' name, amen. And at this time, all children and youth are dismissed.
Sunday, uh, Christ the King, right? Okay. Okay, so our music accordingly is called Almighty Unchangeable. Wonderful, wonderful. In Christ, God came to reconcile all things, making peace through the blood of the cross. Trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin. Righteous God, you have crowned Jesus Christ as Lord of all. We confess that we have not bowed before him and are slow to acknowledge his rule. 
we give allegiance to the powers of this world and fail to be governed by justice and love. In your mercy, forgive us. Raise us to acclaim him as ruler of all, that we may be loyal ambassadors, obeying the commands of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has rescued us from the power of evil and claimed us for the realm of Jesus Christ, in whom we have redemption. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. may be seated. You know, I was just thinking as we were sitting here, where are we about 2021, almost 2022 years or so, give or take, because we're not great at dating, since Yeshua, Jesus, was here? And what was his big concern when he was on earth? Who was his major opposition? It was those who thought they knew God who opposed him. They were so caught up in their religiosity and their practices, thinking they were right, that Jesus said, your hearts are far from God. They were the one that condemned him and sought his killing. And yet he laid down his own life of his own choice. I think sometimes we forget what we're doing. And we get so caught up in our practices and our methodology that we miss the heart of the matter. We have created over 300 denominations just in Protestantism, which is the birth child of Catholicism. And within those 300 denominations, we have over 42,000 subsets. And we still don't agree on anything. Because we've made it about ourselves. Jesus was confronted constantly by by a religious spirit, by those who thought they knew God, whose hearts were far from God. And he said, you can summarize the law and the prophets this way. Another way of saying that is, you can summarize whatever has been written or ever will be written about God this way. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and Luke adds, because he's a doctor, with all of your strength. And what? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the summation. Jesus didn't get to the point that often. He told stories so that people would go and argue about it. It's actually written in the Bible. That's why he told the parables. So that you would have to go figure it out. Because in Judaism, there's a whole book set aside for argument. Let's not forget the point of the matter. Love your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. 
And that's why we do what we do here. Let's sing about it, okay? And with all your strength, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, love the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. With all your heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength, I will serve. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength, with all my heart, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I will serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. Now just repeat after me. Here we go. I
Thanks for that first sermon, right? Danny, I like you, pal. I liked you. Thanks for challenging us all. And I, I'm tempted to just preach on that text, but i got to harness the ADHD in me <laughs> and put parameters and say, no, I did all this homework. you got to have this homework sermon. Okay. Um, first thing before we get to the text, that's 
A title, I don't, I don't know where I was thinking when I was reading that, so it's not really the title of the sermon. I think the, the, the title of the sermon is King Jesus, you know? Um, he's coming back for you and me, you know? I, maybe it's a long ser- sermon title. Uh, we're preaching out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Before we do that, it's on some verses of some, some of Danny's favorites, right? I, he, he, you've met Danny, right? Do you remember he, he has a couple of these those those challenges, and one of them and one of my favorites is like everybody asks what what the will of God is, right? You know, you know and I think is that your favorite verse? First Thessalonians 5:18. Yes. What is it? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, that's Thanksgiving, right? Isn't that what we're about? And so this is that that text is in the sermon I'm going to be preaching, and the text that we're going to be studying. And then also, I want to just turn you on to a tool that I absolutely love. Eugene Peterson, brilliant man. He's now with Jesus. Um, Greek and Hebrew stud, like just absolute amazing linguist. Uh, he started doing his homework and preparing and translating the text before he preached on each text each Sunday. And then his congregation, one guy said, hey, you should probably write that down. You could probably make some money. (laughs) And he did. So he wrote it down as the message. And uh, my favorite part of the message, well, there's, you know, a lot of good things. He he does a lot of good linguistical work and translation stuff. But he really does his homework, and he puts it in the introductions to each book. And so uh, if you look it up online, get a copy of the message, or I think it's on, yeah, everything's online these days. You can find the introduction, and I just want to read a bit before I start reading out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, this is his introduction to First uh, and Second Thessalonians. The way we conceive the future sculpts the present, gives contour and tone to nearly every action and thought through the day. If our sense of future is weak, we live listlessly. Much emotional and mental illness and most suicides occur among men and women who feel that they have no future. The Christian faith has always been characterized by a strong and focused sense of future with belief in the second coming of Jesus as the most distinctive detail. I'll skip down. And he says, the practical effect of this belief is to charge, electrically charge, each moment of the present with hope. For if the future is dominated by the coming again of Jesus, there is little room left on the screen for projecting our anxieties and fantasies. It takes the clutter out of our lives. We're far more free to respond spontaneously to the freedom of God. I just love that word picture. This text hones our vision in on the second coming of Jesus, so much so that it fills our screen 
and it pushes out the worries of today, the worries of tomorrow, the worries of yesterday. And it infuses, it electrifies us with hope. Let's get some of this hope that Eugene's talking about. Um, First Thessalonians chapter 5, I'm going to read, I'm going to start reading at verse 1. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, you, beloved, are not in darkness. For that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not fall asleep as as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep at night and those who are drunk get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and be on and put on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus the Christ, who died for us, so that whether we awake awake or sleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, as indeed you are doing. I'm going to skip down to verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Obtain, abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace, may the God of shalom himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and your soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus the Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. Beloved, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a holy kiss. I solemnly command you by the Lord in this letter to be read to all of them. The grace of our Lord Jesus the Christ be with you. This is the word of the Lord. First that that first section, 1 through 11, 5, 1 through 11. Um, I'll go into a little bit of the origins of Christ the King Sunday. Because that's, yeah, that's Christ the King Sunday. This is the lectionary text. Why is it Christ the King Sunday? Actually, as you look into it, it's not very reformed. What? Okay, because I thought, I'm the Presbyterian. I'm not like, I'm a Christian, and then I became Presbyterian later in life because I love the Reformed theology, and I love the church polity, which we're about to celebrate in a little bit. I just, we're, I love that, the idea that a group of people led by the Spirit can lead better than one person can, led by the Spirit. Amen? 
And that's, that's my, I don't know, that's, that's, a, that's what I like about Reformed theology and this Peace USA jam that I'm doing. But I thought as I was coming in here, because I've never worked at a church that really celebrated Christ the King Sunday. St. Andrews never did. Presbyterian Church, what's the one up in San Marino? San Marino Community Church never did. Doesn't matter. Malia's like, you need to shut up about all the churches you've worked at. <laughs> but she's usually right. Where did it come from? It came from 1938. What? 1925, actually. Pope Pius the, the 11th. But this gives me hope even for the, the Catholic Church. For all followers of Jesus. Because it, in its origin, it was focusing on the judgment. And the church calendar, they, 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 wanted, a, they wanted a stop. They wanted a, like a, you can't pass this unless you understand that Jesus is going to come back. And if you don't have your house in order, you're going to be in trouble. Right? Everybody's like, no, don't say amen to that. <laughs> I don't want to hear about that, right? But this is that, that first part. He's like, there's, everybody's drinking, everybody's drunk. This world's it's messed up. You've got, you got problems, and Jesus is going to show up like a thief in the night, and you best be ready. Stay alert. Be sober. And there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of things to be afraid of in that first 11 verses. But it reminds us, this is how it is. This isn't how it's supposed to be or how it should be according to our minds. Paul's laying it down so that every person within the sound of his voice at this time reading this letter and sound of my voice, this is serious business. Eternity's on the line. When's the last time you thought about that? Eternity's on the line. And he says, be alert. The scary, side, the scary stuff aside, well, it's mixed in there. But along with that, this, there's this identity. Paul tells us who we are. As a father of two teenagers, verses 1 through 11 are gold. Right? And us old people, we still don't realize it. How, how long, Lord, am I going to realize? How, how long am I going to have doubts about who I am and what I'm called to do? How many days am I going to wake up and say, no, nah, I don't think this is the right place for me? I, how many days am I going to say, I feel like giving up? I feel like packing it in because this stuff, this stuff, life is way harder than you think it should be, right? Right? Okay, good. <laughs> I guess I'm not the only, I just want to make sure that I don't, I'm not alone in this feeling that life is really, really difficult. And a lot of times I get confused on who I really am. But Paul makes it abundantly clear. Who are you, ladies and gentlemen? Who are you? Children of That's a good answer. <laughs> Everybody said different things. Uh, uh, Panda Express. No. <laughs> no, we are children of light. 
That's what this text says. We are children of the day. Everybody's, you ever watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Yeah, right? Paul Newman, Butch Cassidy, he says, you know, I feel like I, I've got, I'm the only person alive that has vision and the rest of the world is wearing bifocals, right? That's us as followers of Jesus. This whole world's walking around in, in darkness. We are children of the light. We don't participate in that. We know what living with the King Jesus feels like, looks like. Remember those days when you were sick and tired of sick and being sick and tired, right? Thursday. <laughs> well, thank God you're here because I want to remind you that that's not you. That's not me. This book is the only book that you should go to and I should go to to find out who we really are. And Paul is saying it clear as, clear as can be. You aren't that. You are children of light. Jesus is on the throne of your life. Jesus is your king of kings, Lord of lords, and he'll never leave you. That's what we'll get to in a second. But okay, so that's the first section. Second section, 16 through 22. Commentators totally agree. Paul is just giving a list for followers of God, people of the daylight, to know how to live. I don't know about you, but you get tired of being told what not to do. Don't do that, Jason. Don't do that. Paul's not doing that. He says, this is what you do. I printed out, just because I thought some people might be visual like me, I print out these little cards, and I'll have them on the back table, and to help you memorize these verses. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. Reject every kind of evil. Which types of evil should we have? None. All types of evil. Reject them. Get them out of your house. Get them out of your life. Go. Get out. And you can say it audibly. I once heard that. In spiritual warfare, you should always say stuff out loud because the demon, unlike God, isn't everywhere. He can't get in your head. He can't get into your personality. He can never change these truths that God has made true inside of you. You will always be a children of light. The, the, the devil will throw all kinds of lies at you, trying to de- convince you you're not. You are. And say it out loud. You know, you're in the... I, I, I remember walking around here. Uh, Keith Hartford said, you need to stop talking to yourself. People are going to st- start thinking you're crazy. <laughs> right? That's the kind of, oh, this guy, you need in your life, right? But I was just saying truths. I was just saying, get out of here, Satan. Jesus Christ is my king. I say that stuff out loud and it sometimes makes me seem like a crazy person. So maybe I should get alone. But (laughs) that's another thing. Say this stuff out loud. Name Christ by name out loud. 
So that's 16 through 22. And then 23 through 28. There's a Greek phrase in here. I want you to practice it. Pistos ho kalon. Pistos ho kalon. The one who calls you is faithful. Pistos. Yep. You can repeat. Pistos. Ho cologne. The one who calls you is faithful. Let that seep into your life. Let that truth just bury itself in your soul. Maybe it needs to be engrafted in the marrow of your very frame. The one who calls you, you, is faithful. When the waters toss us to and fro, Pistos ho cologne. When you're confused, pistos ho cologne. When you're at the supermarket, somebody cuts you off, <laughs> pistos ho cologne. My God is going to make sure I'm fed by the end of the day. Amen? <laughs> I've never, I haven't missed too many meals, you can tell. But he's faithful. He'll never let go. And then Paul. The Apostle Paul. He throws me a bone. You know, if you study anything about Paul, if you've ever, if you ever studied, most scholars say he would have been famous no matter what he was. He was just a game changer type of guy. Have you ever known one of those guys? Yeah, right? They walk in the room, things change. They do stuff, things change. But notice Paul. What does he do that I, I do? He asks, pray for me. Pray for us. He's all that in a bag of chips, but still he says, I need your prayer. And in so doing, he admits he's a human. He falls. He's got, he's got problems too. Pray for me. Pray for us. And then in verse 27, I just want to point out, N.T. Wright translates this. Have this letter read to the whole family. And I looked at the Greek, and it's a better translation. My translation said brothers and sisters. The whole family. What family is he talking about? Right? He's talking about this family. Are we a family? Yeah. Did I pick you? You kind of picked me, but that's okay. We'll overlook that fact. But according to Reformed theology, you didn't pick me either. I was picked by God through the call of your search committee. So we didn't pick each other, but we're stuck with each other. 
and we should read these letters in front of our whole family, what other family could he be talking about? Your family, right? My family, you know, like, as a pastor, remember I told you that story. Did I tell you the armor of God story? Yeah, I've told, I know I've told Steve and Courtney that a billion times, but I was preaching on the armor of God in, in San Marino in 2012. And I quoted this uh, Boyer family that's over in Huntington Beach. Half of, half of Huntington Beach is a relative of a Boyer. Uh, just because this guy named Gaylord Boyer married this, I think her name was Meredith. They had eight kids. A couple of those kids went to the NFL. They all had eight to 12 kids. They, there's just everybody you run into Huntington Beach is, is related to a Boyer or they've married a Boyer. Gaylord started this amazing just habit as his kids came of age. They couldn't leave the house unless they put their armor of God on. Belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes for sharing the gospel, helmet of salvation, shield of faith, and sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You couldn't leave the house without doing it. I preach on this in 2012. I'm driving home. My wife goes, how come we never do that? (laughs) This text is a reminder. Don't overshoot the people right in front of you. I know so many kids that are sons or daughters of amazing people of God and they have no idea how to live because their parents didn't know how to love them or teach them or tell them anything. Tell your kids what you know. It seems like a no-brainer. And Paul is saying it about things of God, but I'm saying it about everything. You know how to build with your hands? Build something with your kids. You know how to, you know, sing? Teach your kids how to sing. Anyway, that's enough yelling at you. Applications. Um, I'll have, I'll have these, these cards in the back. So if you want to memorize or just, if you're like me, you just need a physical thing. Put it somewhere in your mirror. Put it somewhere in your car. There'll be a pile of them on the back. Memorize that text. Um, don't overshoot your, your family. Tell the people that, that are immediately next to you what you know. Also, these people. I want to hear tons of... I, I love it when I'm walking around and I'm hearing testimonies or I'm hearing praise reports I love that, and I want that to catch on. This is a place where we gather together. We strengthen one another. We remind each other what's important. We tell each other our true identities as as children. Just every once in a while say, you're a children of light. You're a child of light to somebody around here. Maybe over the next week, a bunch. Um, And pistos ho cologne. The God who who called you is faithful. Let's respond in worship.
the spirit of thanksgiving. Isn't it awesome to have a choir back? I, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, round of applause, a lot of joy. I love it. Um, this is Pledge Sunday, and this is tithes and offerings portion of the, of the, of the service. That's what the word was. Uh, I lived in Michigan for a little bit. Everybody's heard that? I lived in Michigan, Muskegon. My, one of my best friends out there was a young Baptist pastor named Andre Williams. And we would pulpit swap all the time. It started with MLK Sunday, but then all the time I was, I was pulpit swapping with him. He'd, be, he'd just show up some, one Sunday and preach, and I'd be at his whatever. Um, I loved this piece. There's a couple things I love about the Baptist denomination. First of them, the wife of the pastor is called the first lady. <laughs> and she gets any seat she wants. And she doesn't pay for meals in Muskegon. It's crazy. I went, to, I went out to lunch with her, and she was like, and the, the, everybody knew her. That's, a, that's, the first, that's the first lady of a congregational Baptist church on Muskegon Boulevard. And her, her, her breakfast was covered. Her lunch was covered. So, first lady, right there. Round of applause. I love embarrassing her. Okay. Second thing I loved about it. Every week, they came, for, they came forward with their offerings. Every week, when they called for the offering, everyone got out of their seats. And sometimes they didn't put money in. They would just put prayer requests in or just say, I'm going to follow you this way this week and put it in. Like, I miss that. I miss that. And so this is a, a little hint of that. So if you don't have your pledge card or you already turned your pledge card in, use this opportunity to put something else up here. <laughs> you know, a prayer request or a thought or an encouraging verse. Um, and if you need space, there's space on the back of the bulletin. Um, this is our pledge Sunday. So if you want to, if you haven't made a pledge, and if you're not quite ready, you can put in your pledge like throughout the week. Um, but we do need to know so that we can budget for next year. Um, for those of you at home listening on the podcast, that's the first time I'm mentioning you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you for tuning in. And you can send your pledges along with your tithes and your offerings to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And just as a reminder to the music crew, after the offertory, I'll come up over this and, and just pray over the pledges. And then we'll praise God. Okay. This morning's pledges tithes and offerings are now received.
Thank God he chases after us, right? This plate reminds me of a couple months ago. Uh, we were celebrating the Lord's Supper, and Sharon was over the cup. And she just poured the juice, like, all over the place. Do you remember that? And she thought, I thought it was intentional. She said afterwards it was accidental. But I just got a picture of just the lavish love of God pouring all over us, him chasing after us. Uh, and right now I see this plate full of pledges and offerings and tithes, and I say the same thing of people that are grateful because God has blessed us with so much. Amen? Amen. Let me pray over these, these, these pledges. And please actually stand with me in preparation for singing afterwards. We'll sing praise God, doxa. Thank you, Lord. Um, Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, 
We come before you as your, as your local outpost, planted right here at the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, of your kingdom. You are our king. Fill us with your spirit and make us more complete servants of you, Lord. And as we pledge and make covenants with you, remind us that you were you who called us is faithful. And you will take care and you will bless and you will take these pledges and honor your name with them. And all God's people said, So as we read in part, I just want to remind you, as Paul reminds us out of 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See that no one repays evil for evil. Rejoice always. Pray unceasingly. Give thanks in all circumstances, for that is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you and for me. Let us take our prayers and petitions to our loving God that molds us and makes us into his image every single day. Let us pray. Holy and merciful God, we pause to adore you. We pause to love you because you first loved us. Thank you for the beauty of this day that you have so fearfully and wonderfully made. We pray for this world, Lord. It has been more than a month since 17 missionaries in Hades were kidnapped. We continue to pray for their safety and their safe return from captivity. We pray for wisdom for those who are assisting in their return. We pray, too, for compassion and mercy from the kidnappers themselves. Great are you, Lord, and great is your power. Your understanding is infinite. Draw to an end to this crisis, we pray, for your glory and for your honor, Jesus. We pray for all those who serve you as missionaries in this country and around the world. Embolden their message of Christ in word, deed, and power. Bless and further their ministries to glorify your kingdom. We pray too, O oh God, for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world, particularly those who are persecuted for their faith. 
draw them near. Keep them safe and ignite your message of love and hope to a world that is in a desperate need of you. Omnipotent God, we continue to pray for the country of Afghanistan and its citizens. Sometimes we just don't have the words to pray, but you know what is in our hearts. Hear our groans for a nation in chaos and desperation. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. As we all ready ourselves to celebrate Thanksgiving this week, remind us to thank you for the infinite blessings that you bestow on each one of us every day. We are grateful, Holy Father. Remind us that some around us grieve the loss of loved ones at their table this year. Be their comforter and redeemer, O God. Remind us that some are lonely as their families are far. Nudge us to respond and include the lonely at our tables this year. Remind us that some around are frail or experiencing health challenges. Heal and restore, we pray, O great physician. Remind us that many families and individuals are food insecure. Bless them to overflowing this Thanksgiving with nourishment and love. We pray in your name, Jesus. We pause for a moment to hear from your spirit and to lift up our prayer concerns. Lord, we pray for traveling mercies for all those who will be traveling to be with friends and family this week, including Terry's husband, James, and son, Jesse, on their way to their competition. Lord, too, we lift up Patty Ernest, who was admitted to Hogue this Friday. Touch her and heal her. Uphold her in your righteous right hand. We lift up Keith Coslin and pray for your continued presence in his life. Your healing mercies anoint him. We pray, too, for all experiencing age-related challenges. Keep us humble and give us wisdom. Teach us more and more each day to rely on you. Keep us focused on today and the manna you have provided for this day. You have blessed this local outpost with pastors that encourage and care for us. We lift up our prayers and ask for your blessing on Pastor Jason, on First Lady Malia, on Pastor Sharon, and on their families. Thank you, God, for our pastors. Father, we pray for the wisdom for our session as we prayerfully consider this week your direction, and budget for 2022. May we seek your face and follow your ways today and always. And we continue in gratitude and thanksgiving, uniting with Christians around the world together praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand for our closing hymn, Come, Ye Thankful People, Come.
Don't you wish you could play the organ like that? Gosh, you're good. Yeah, round of applause. I love it. Before a benediction, I just want to, I'll do a benediction, and then you'll sit for a second, and then we'll have a postlude, and then we'll have a congregational meeting, brief, but amazing. And I was looking over at the choir, and Corey wearing a winter coat and stuff, and I just want to apologize to everybody that I'm a sweater. <laughs> it's freezing in here to everyone but me. Anyway, but uh, so bring your jackets, I guess. And once people start wearing beanies, I guess I'll really probably have to turn the heat up. Uh, but for now, receive this benediction. Rejoice. Actually, receive this benediction as children of the day. You. Not the person to your right and to your left. They're, they're included also. But you. You're a child of the day. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen. Please be seated.
release the Kraken. That was amazing. Um, you may have recognized that. That was Majesty, Majesty, as found at, on Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon extended version. That's a, no, that's a lie. It's not on there. Um, I'm going to call this congregational meeting to order clerk of session. Do we have a quorum? We do have a quorum. Okay, so this meeting is now officially a congregational meeting. Um, and I'm going to, before I introduce our chair of the nominating committee, I just want to acknowledge all the work that uh, has gone into this. And uh, a round of applause, please, for Nora. That's kind of weak, but I still, I, I'll take it. Uh, and she'll take it, yeah? Is that loud enough? Was that loud enough an applause? Okay, good. Because a lot of prayer, a lot of sweat, a lot of hard phone calls and encouraging phone calls and discouraging phone calls and meetings. Uh, thank you very much, Nora, for, for taking the, the helmet. This, and let's move you up here. Can you get, come up here or should we move you down to there? Okay, perfect. And I am going to hand it over to her, but I'll stand right here for when we have to vote. All right. Well, thank you. Our nominating committee has worked very hard, and I'd like to introduce um, the people on the nominating committee. Carol Applegate, um, Courtney Atkins, Marsha Millar, Kathy Stevenson, and Patty Ernest was on for a short period of time until she became ill. This has been my second year of doing this, as Jason was talking about talking out loud. In my house, I would expect that every member of this congregation's name has been mentioned out loud to God as I walk around saying, who are you leading me to? Who are you leading us to? We have prayed. We have talked together. We have prayed and prayed, and these are the people that God has led us to at this point in time. For Elder Terry Yoon, Terry, stand up. So there's Terry. Okay, Jason. Okay. All in favor of acknowledging Terry as the class of 2000, what is it? Oh, you need to ask for nominations, if there are any nominations from the floor. No, I think we're going to pass everybody through and then we're going to ask. No? Okay. Okay. Uh, also, uh, I'm supposed to you, there are people you can nominate someone to be an elder you just have to have told that person beforehand <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they know that they want to be nominated. Uh, all right, do anyone, does anyone want to nominate someone to be elder? Yeah, I have yet to be in a church where that happens. But um, I will say a brief word, though. We still have some vacancies. And I think it's, a, I think it's honestly the work of the devil. I, I'm not even kidding. It's, 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 we battle against spiritual forces of darkness. And my second year of being pastor here was robbed. 
And I, was, I missed out on getting to know you and you missed out on getting to know me. And there's a huge vacancy in our elders, you know. Uh, so please prayerfully consider putting your name forward and just talking to us about it. If you have skills or you have any inclinations that the Spirit could use you on one of these committees or as a chair of one of these committees, talk to us. Um, that's it. End of third sermon. Danny was the first. Mine was the second. That was the third. Okay. All in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Motion carries. She's now going to be an elder 2022. Right. For the office of deacon, we have Carol Applegate. And Carol can stand up wherever she is. And Malia Griffiths. Does anybody want to nominate somebody to be a deacon? And you don't have to have told this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have to tell them beforehand. You can't just throw people. Move the nomination to be closed. Nomination be closed. Do you have a second? All in favor? I just wanted to have some voting because we haven't really. I like, I like the voting part. All right, you could. Uh, yeah. I'm excited about this. All in favor of accepting Malia Griffiths and Carol Applegate as deacons in 2022? Aye. 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 Uh, any opposed? Motion carries. Round of applause, please. And actually, can the three of you just come up here? I'd love to pray over you. And everybody stand where you're at and just kind of put your arms out in this direction. And I'm married to this one, so I'll put my hand on this one. <laughs> Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I thank you for these women of God. I thank you that you've called them and um, you're placing them into the leadership of this local, your outpost of your kingdom. I pray that you would equip them. Um, I pray that you would train them up and encourage them. May their time of service, of blessing this place, be a huge blessing to them. We promise as as congregants of this local outpost to encourage them. And all God's people said. Round of applause for these folk again. And have a great week. We buried the lead. Pumpkin pie in the Fellowship Hall.